God is good today. Woo! So, one of the things, you know, as, as we have entered into 2014, one of the things that really stands out this year to me is, and we've said this over and over again since Word First and actually even before, is it, it's, it's, a, it's a season and a time for increase. And just this, just this thought about increase. You know, for, for you to increase in your life, if, if, you, if you've not increased in the past or you've struggled with increase in your life, there has to be new mindsets that come alive inside of you and, and new ideas and, and a new attitude about increase. Because if, if your expectation is that nothing's happened and nothing will and you know, I don't know about the future, and I just, you know, I don't, I don't feel like anything. I know they're talking about increase, but, you know, I don't, I don't really see that happening for me. I don't see anything changing in the natural. It's because things in you are not changing. Because what God wants to do is come on what we're doing, where His super gets on our natural and the things that we're doing in the natural, and then what we do becomes supernatural, Right? We don't, we don't take away from living in the natural realm, but there are things that we have to do and we have to purpose to change in our life if, if we want to see change. If you want to see something that you've never seen before, you have to do some things you've never done before. And, and, and to just change your attitude and develop greater expectation is where it starts. And I, and I really challenge you in that in this year in your own personal life because increase is what God created us to do. He, caused, he called us and created us to increase more and more all the time. And, and, and not only us, but also your offspring, your children. God created us to increase more and more, the Bible says in Psalm 115, and our children. So God... His intention and His plan for your life is to increase. So today I really challenge you to make some alterations and changes just about how you expect things to come to pass. And you expect new ideas and new opportunities to come your way. Because I tell you what, new opportunities are just waiting for people with expectation. Can you say amen? So I just challenge you. That was free. That this part will cost you here. No, I'm <clears throat> so we've been in a series on Sunday entitled, And They Overcame. And they overcame. And they overcame. And they who? Well, let's look at Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. We've read this the last couple of weeks on Sunday. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 and says and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony <clears throat> and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and then how they applied or perceived or received what the blood of Jesus did for them. Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for me. Father, I thank you today that because of the blood of Jesus, I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, that because of the blood of Jesus, today I am prosperous I thank you, Lord, today that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm free from oppression. I thank you, Lord, today because of the blood that sin does not have dominion over my life. I thank you, Father, today because of the blood of Jesus that my peace has been paid for, that I have a right to walk in peace and peace of mind. I have a, I have a right to have sweet sleep at night. I have a right for all good things because of the blood of Jesus. So they overcame 
by the blood of the lamb and by the fact that they applied that blood in and on everything that they did. In other words, meaning that they came to a place, they meaning us, have come to a place where we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ settled it all for us. Everything is settled. So anything that you see that goes contrary to what he defeated, it's a lie. Any and everything. They overcame that way. Now, Sunday, I shared something this past Sunday. <clears throat> it was kind of a last-minute message, and I, if, you didn't, if you didn't hear, it would be good for you to listen to that word. And <clears throat> as, I've, as I've thought about this overcoming position and how people get there, in, in 1 John, look at that real quick, 1 John chapter 5, I think we read it last week. First John 5 and verse 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So if you're born again, you're an overcomer. But you overcome by your faith in the fact that he overcame. In other words, by your faith in the fact that the blood of Jesus was enough. So what I've been thinking about, and it's what the rest of this message is going to be about today. How do people get from the knowledge that they are overcomers because of Jesus to the place that we are overcoming in everything we do? How do we get to the place from, being, from knowing that the Scripture says we're overcomers but to the place where we are overcoming day to day in every situation? There's not a situation that the blood of Jesus is not already covered. So there's not a situation that we shouldn't be overcoming every day. And I'm not saying that to put pressure on us if you're not overcoming in a certain area of your life. But it should be good news that we don't have to settle for anything. There's nothing in life that I have to put up with if I find out that the blood of Jesus is already taken care of. So it's not enough just to know that I'm an overcomer because of what Jesus did. I have, to, I have to walk in revelation that I am overcoming every day, yes, because of the blood of the Lamb, but the word of what I say about what the blood has done. <clears throat> so just two quick passages, and then we're going to look at the churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 <clears throat> says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt or harm you. I give you authority to trample on every devil and every demon force on planet earth, and nothing will by any means hurt or harm you. <clears throat> Can you think of people who have been hurt and harmed by the devil? Everybody sitting here today has been hurt probably and harmed and affected by the enemy in, in multiple ways. And yet the scripture says that. Je Jesus himself said that to his disciples, which we are. He said, and nothing would by any means hurt you or harm you. <clears throat> in other words, 
we have authority over every demon force on planet earth. And yet, 1 John 3 and verse 8 says, the Son of God was manifested. In other words, what the blood of Jesus accomplished was manifested to destroy every work of the devil. In college, in my sociology class, I was just, I had just been born again when I got into this class. And this teacher, my sociology teacher, knew the Bible front to back. <clears throat> and I'd been saved for about um, maybe a year and a half when I got in this class. But what he did with the Bible is he took it and, 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 and made a mockery of it. Because what he would say is that the, the Bible contradicted itself. You know, how can nothing hurt you or harm you by the enemy? And, and how can he be totally defeated and then you say he affects you and he affects people? He'd make a mockery of it. He, in Genesis 1 and 2, he, he said that God repeated himself and contradicted himself and, and, and there were three or four or five different creations. And I didn't know enough about the Bible to argue with him. I just yelled at him, you know, got mad, proved my Christianity. But the Bible makes really clear sense. The, the difference is you can have a knowledge of it like that man. He could probably quote the Bible backwards but he had no revelation of the word. And you can be born again all of your life and have no revelation, and it won't produce. In other words, the blood that was shed for you will not work for you without revelation. Everything has to be, everything has to be spiritually interpreted, in, in, interpreted. Because there is no, there is no personal interpretation that is right over anybody else's interpretation necessarily. It's whatever bears fruit. It's whatever works. And when something that becomes a part of us becomes revelation, that revelation will produce the fruit. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. There's seasons of difficulty or thing that you'll walk through at different times, but it ultimately will produce the fruit because it will produce the rest that you have inside of you that God is real and that his word is true and that his word is more true than anything else that you see or, or that appears to be different. The word is always true and it will always win out and it will always cause us to overcome. So when we see absolutes in scripture, like nothing shall by any means hurt you and harm you and all the Son of God was manifested to destroy every work of the enemy, Every work of the enemy is destroyed. Those demon and demonic spirits who are the third of the fallen angels from heaven that are still loosed on the earth have no dominion and authority and power over you and I and they cannot affect our lives. And yet, all of us have been affected by them. So, <clears throat> we are overcomers because of Jesus. And to overcome on a day-to-day -day basis is to have faith in what the blood of Jesus accomplished, what Jesus himself accomplished for. It's not where it says that in 1 John 5, that it says, and who are those that overcome? Those who have faith in that overcoming of Jesus. Not faith in my faith, but faith in the fact that he overcame. And then what that means to me every day. When something comes against my physical body <clears throat> and I release or plead the blood and declare and apply the blood of Jesus to something that is against my physical body, Lord, I thank you that Jesus' blood was shed, that by his stripes I am the healed in Christ. So you apply it on a day-to-day -day basis. In fact, <clears throat> It's vital that you apply the word day to day even when you don't feel bad. 
You daily thanking God and applying and making that knowledge of the Word become more and more revelation to you and more and more real because of what you're saying every day is true. Because the Word is true and it will not hurt you to declare what the Word says every day of your life because of what it will produce. So, <clears throat> so I want you to think about this today <clears throat> as we look in, the, in, in Revelation 2. You can turn there. I want you to look in Revelation 2, and I want, I want you to notice something that is said to these seven churches. These are letters from the Apostle John in a revelation that he received from Jesus Christ to these churches in these different towns. And I believe that, I believe that The information to these churches relate to the church of Jesus Christ as a whole. And I want you to notice what is said at the end of each of these letters to the church. So I'm just I'm gonna go through these. I'm gonna tell you what church it is, and then I want you to see what happens at the end of, of his his challenges, his correction, and his encouragement to these churches. Because that's what, that's what these letters brought. And that's what God's Word brings to you and I. Is it brings challenge, it brings reproof and correction, but training in righteousness so that we can be adequately equipped and built up in the things of God. And so, to the church at Ephesus, chapter 2 and verse 1, he says in verse 7, He who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. To us today, the tree of life is the Word of God. The tree of life is this book and its revelation. Again, the knowledge of the book has never helped anybody past Revelation. You can read this. My sociology teacher read it, and he made a mockery of it. Just reading the book and having the knowledge of the stories is not enough. It's, it's good, but it's not enough. There has to be Revelation. To those who overcome, what happens is what, what is given to them is the fruit of Revelation of what the tree of life produces, what the revelation of the life of God's word produces for us to him who overcomes. And how do we overcome? By applying the blood of Jesus on a day-to-day basis to situations that will look and appear as though they're bigger than God. No, that, that, may, that, that may be a true statement. There may be something in my body. There may be something in my finances. I may be in unrest, there may not be peace in my life. But God said he's empowered us and given us his word and revelation of his word and it will produce the fruit if I purpose to overcome in the authority and the anointing that was given to me. All authority is given to you in heaven and earth. All authority was given to Jesus and Jesus gave that authority to the church. And now The authority that you and I have been given is to overcome and be on the receiving end of everything that the tree of life will give to us. The revelation of the word of God will give to us. Amen? To the church at Smyrna, he says in verse 11, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. He shall not be hurt. In other words, to him who overcomes, him who believes, him who receives Jesus Christ, will have eternal life and will have a future with God from this day on because we receive. You know, to overcome the doubts and the fears that come with whether, you know, salvation is real or not, there's all kinds of stuff on planet earth today trying to convince people that salvation in Jesus Christ 
born again is just some cliche, and it's just, it's just one of the roads that lead to heaven. Well, I'm, I'm not going to sit and argue with people over that, but if somebody asks me, I have to show them what the Word says because the Word is true. And all roads don't lead to heaven from, based on what this book says. That, that's not, that, we, we, we don't take that as, as you know, our, our goal and our mission in life to prove everybody else wrong. No, we embrace the word of life and the, and, and the truth of God's word and the revelation of it and allow it to be a part of us. And what happens is we, we receive the rewards, as he's saying to this church right here, we receive the rewards of believing that salvation is a real thing. And then we have the, the authority and the revelation in our own lives to help other people see that it's true also. Because when you believe what the Word of God says, you don't have to, you, you don't have to try to convince other people that it's real. When it's real, then it's real to others also. Amen? And, and, and we, we, have to, we have to live that life. To the third church in Pergamos, he gave instruction and, and brought some correction to him. And in verse 17, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name, which is written, and no one knows except he who receives it. He said, I will give him hidden manna and a white stone. In other words, Unseen provision will come your way to him who overcomes. Unseen provision. Everybody say that, unseen. In other words, provision that in the natural you didn't see that coming. Children of Israel didn't see the manna in the wilderness coming. It, it, was, it was unseen and all of a sudden it manifested and every need was taken care of in their life. Every need as a result of the manna that, that came. And then, and then the birds that came for them. And then the water that came out of the rock. I mean, their provision was there. And there's unseen provision that God wants you and I to believe in. And to those that overcome, those that apply the blood on a day-to-day -day basis, those who acknowledge that what Jesus did is real to them, they overcome and are recipients of this in their life. Say it again, unseen. Unseen provision. Fourth church, church at Thyatira. In verse 26 it says, and he who overcomes and he keeps my words until the end, to him I will give him power, in other words authority over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron and they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel as I also have received from my father. Jesus was saying this to John, John giving it to this church. Him that overcomes will have authority over the nations, power and dominion over the nations. And the nations are the people. And here's the thing about having dominion over the nations. If you have revelation and you're walking in it and you're overcoming and your life is producing the fruit... Because day to day, you've made a decision to apply the blood, to acknowledge what Jesus has done, not be moved by what you see, then what happens is you rule over the nations, not, you know, not with, a, with a big fist and a big club, you rule over the nations in having something to give to the people, because who are the nations? Where do the nations, what, what nations is he talking about? He's talking about the people in Kerrville, Texas. That's part of the nations. He's talking about your next door neighbor. That's part of the nations. Talking about people that are your ones and people that you're bringing into your connect groups and, and you're allowing your life to minister because what we've talked about this year is the way that you mature, the way you mature in the things of God is by giving out. You won't mature just coming and sitting in church and being equipped. Equipping is the, is the first part of it. Fivefold ministry is to equip the saints. What I'm talking to you about today is equipment. But it's so that you take it and go and minister with it. 
And then what happens on the heels of that is maturity. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 there, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the stature and and to be nurtured and built up to a mature man or a woman. People that are mature, but the maturity comes when you make a decision to be equipped and then to do something with it. Everybody's called into the ministry Everybody's called to the ministry of reconciling people back to God. And all of these letters from Jesus Christ to the Apostle John to the church, all of these letters ended with that if you will do what I'm instructing you to do, if you'll take the instruction and do something with it, to him who overcomes, these things will manifest in your life. Pretty amazing thing. Pretty amazing what you and I have access to. Authority over the nations. And where does it come from? We just read the verse. He's given us authority over serpents and scorpions, over every devil demon on on, on planet earth. He's given us authority and nothing will hurt you or harm you. Nothing. But it's to those who overcome. And they overcame how? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of what they say that the blood of the Lamb accomplished. So it's not enough just to know that he overcame. It's not enough to just realize the story of salvation. How God loved the world that he gave the best of heaven and he gave the best of heaven through an impossible situation of impregnating a woman that had never been with a man, and that child being born, that child being reared, and that child living on earth for three years anointed by God, and that anointing destroying everything that the enemy, you know, had done everything bad and then gave it up on purpose and, and willing to lay his life down for you and I, and he died and he went to hell and he rose on the third day, and, and he came back to the earth and He told us to go and make disciples and remind people of everything that he said. And then he went to heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father and he said, it's finished. It's a finished work. It's not just the knowledge of that whole story, but it's applying that knowledge day to day is what makes a difference. Amen? Where was I? Thyatira, now... We're going to look at Sardis. So the church at Sardis in verse 5, And he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Man, there's something about that assurance that does something to your life. Something about that assurance to he that is overcoming. Listen, when, when you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this again, and I want you to hear, hear the way I'm saying this. When you, take, when you take what I'm telling you today, and you do something with it, To me, what, when, when, I, when I get revelation from the Word, when I get something, I hear somebody preach something, and, and it means something to me, I'm looking for people to share that with. Because the more I share it, the more it does for me. That, that's how you mature. That's how, that's how you become a... That's how you enter into this overcoming world and, 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 and lifestyle is by helping other people and sowing into other people's lives, not just keeping it for yourself. Because the more you keep it, the staler it gets. The more you keep revelation, it becomes stale and stagnant and it'll do nothing for you. Because when difficult times come, if you haven't been doing anything with it, and you haven't been applying it in the lives of other people, do you know that 
most of the time that you share something with someone else, most people will want agreement for something. They'll, they'll want you to agree with them about something. And it's good for you to practice agreeing with some, somebody in regards to something that they're going through. Say, so, well, you know, I mean, you, you just need to come and my pastor will pray with you. No, no, that, 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 that's like there's nobody that can pray with that person like you can in the moment in, in God giving you what to say and, and how to pray and agree with them. You ever shared something with someone and you feel you walked away and said, oh man, that sounded so stupid. You ever done that? You know why? Because the enemy's trying to discourage you from doing that again. I promise you, if you gave them what you had in your heart, it's not stupid. And I promise you, if, it, if you gave them what you believed was right in that moment, it's producing in them. No matter what you think, and do not let the devil tell you that it didn't sound like the way someone else would say it or do it. Because the enemy wants to discourage you from continuing to give out. I mean, come on. If, if all he has is trying to keep our mouths shut and convince other people that what you see is more real than what God's Word says is true, then he's working overtime, and he's really faithful at working overtime to make sure that you're discouraged and you're not encouraged to share with other people. Because the Bible says, if any two agree as touching anything they ask, it shall be done in my Father. So say this, I will not be intimidated by the devil or demons. Good, me either. And then, where are we at? Number six, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The church at Philadelphia, and he says... To he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him a new name. Woo! Come on. I will make him a pillar. Where? In the temple, which is what? The house of God, the church of God, the body of Jesus Christ, right? You will become a pillar in the church, in what God is building. You'll become a pillar with his name written on you, right? With his name and the city of God and what has come down out of heaven is on the inside of you because heaven now resides on the inside of you. And all of heaven, as it's coming out of you, is an example to planet earth that God is real. His name is written on you. His power and authority is on your life. You have something to do on planet earth, and that is for people to see God in you. And apart from that, you, you're just wasting time. You're busy at stuff that is actually producing zero if you're not busy, number, first and foremost, with your calling of reconciling people back to God. And what does it take? It takes being equipped and doing something with it. The last thing that Jesus said before he left planet Earth is go and make disciples. So that should be first priority on planet Earth today that my life is making disciples. Of who? Jesus. And how do I do that? Being equipped with the Word of God, taking the Word, applying it to my life, and then ministering it to other people. And you don't minister to other people when it's perfected in you because it'll never get perfected in you. It's always evolving. See, I mean, you know, if, you, if you've been born again for two days and you're ministering to somebody that's never been born again, well, at least you're two days ahead, right? So just stay two days ahead and stay getting equipped and helping them and, and have something to give someone else that you're helping. I mean, it's not about what we know. It's about what we've done with what we know and then how we give it to other people. And then... To this lukewarm church, <laughs> the Laodiceans, he says in verse 21, To him who overcomes, 
I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Now, I'm just going to make this one point. I didn't make these, all these points in all these seven churches because I didn't have time. But go back and read these. But I'm going to make this one point. The thing he had against this church, this church did some good things, but the thing that he had against them is that they had become lukewarm. He said, be either hot or cold. Don't just kind of sit there and stagnate and, you know, say one thing and do something else and really actually, he said, I, I just can't stand that. And he said, but if you'll overcome that, if you'll overcome lukewarmness, he said, then I give you to sit at the right hand of the Father where I'm at. And actually, see, when you take 1 John 5, Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Why? Because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. Right? And this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is where it's victorious for us on a day-to-day -day basis is our faith in the fact that he's at the right hand. And he said, if you get over this lukewarm attitude or this stagnant you know, world that you're living in, if you get over that, then where you'll be is at my right hand because that's what you'll believe because that's where we are. Wherever he is, that's where we are. See, we're at the right hand of the Father with him because of what he did, not because of our accomplishments. And one of us sitting here today deserves to be at the right hand of the Father, but that's what he said to him who overcomes. He told this, the Apostle John told this, wrote this in this letter to this church at Laodicea. And he said, if you'll get over this lukewarm attitude in life, then where you'll see yourself is at the right hand of the Father. Because all of, all of the fruits of overcoming are based on how you and I see ourselves. Because if we, you, you'll never see yourself at the right hand of the Father being lukewarm. You'll never see yourself having authority over the nations when you're daily not taking authority over a headache or something that is, that is small. You're not applying the word and applying what the blood of Jesus says on a day-to-day. -day. You'll never have authority over the nations. And all the things that he's talking about to them that overcome, they, it, it, as they overcome the small things, the, the instructions that he gave to the church, if you overcome those things, then this is the result of what happens. You begin to see yourself as this true overcomer in all these areas. That's where God wants us. Now, I'm going to end with this in Hebrews chapter 1 and 2. <clears throat> One of the things that is such a benefit for you and I One of the things that's such a benefit for you and I is that the other two-thirds of the angels of heaven, there's a third that were kicked out that are demons today, but the other two-thirds are angels that are alive and well and working on our behalf. And they, they are solely committed to you overcoming. They're solely committed to you being able to shut the mouth and the voice of the enemy because that's all the enemy has. He has no power. Jesus defeated him at Calvary. He has no power whatsoever. But he has the ability to tell us things that are not true. And if we believe those things, and he convinces us that things that we see in the natural. You know, last week we talked about the scripture that says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. People are not your problem. People are not the problem. You know what? People are the goal. All of heaven is concerned about people. They're created in the image of God. So we get to walk in love with people. People aren't the problem. Every issue that you think that you have that you're carrying around right now and somebody's name's on it, that person is not the problem. You're carrying around baggage that Jesus already delivered you of. He already delivered you from, from all this baggage you're carrying around with this guy or this girl's name on it. This person's name. Well, if they, you know, if they just quit, no, they're not the problem. The devil's the problem. His lies are the problem. Two-thirds of the angels have been given to you and I to help us to be able to overcome. And anything that you ever hear, any report that you ever hear from an individual 
that's against somebody else. Anytime somebody tells you, did you know that so-and-so did this? Did you know that this happened? Did you know, did you know, did you, did you know? Anytime that somebody is telling you something negative in a negative way about another person that was created in the, in the image of God, I don't care if they did it. I don't care if it was absolutely confirmed that they did it. But when someone is opening their mouth with words against somebody else, in that moment, they're being used of the devil and demon spirits because of what we think we have to do. You say, well, my gosh, Pastor, I mean, you can't ever say anything or you're controlled by the devil. I didn't say you're controlled. I said you're being used because everything that is spoken about another instance or situation in life. Somebody hurt you, and then someone else gave the story. From the, mo from the time you were hurt, and someone else got the story, and he gave it to someone else, I promise you it's changed, and the enemy's gotten in there and made it, made it this much bigger than it really is. If you did something wrong, and somebody found out about it, would you like them to keep it quiet? So the way you want to be treated, treat other people that way. And think about it. Yeah, but you know, my calling in life is to make sure that things get exposed. <laughs> no. No, that's the, that's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. And he'll expose anything and everything that needs to be exposed. It's just he'll do it in the timing of the Father. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know how those people, they're getting away with it. Nobody gets away with anything you included. Nobody gets away. As long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time. And that's not just in the financial realm. That's anything you do in life is a seed. So you talk ugly about someone else, that's seed time. You choose not to repent for it, then there'll be harvest time. Thank God we can repent. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. We can repent, and you know what we can do? We can dig the seed up by the root. You ever pull the weed out of the yard when it was, hadn't rained in about six months? You just get the top of it. Then it starts raining, boom, there comes that weed again. But man, when it's been raining and the yard is saturated, you know, I have one of those little, those little, weed picker deals you know you don't even need one of those you, you I like it I like to grab that weed and you can kind of work with it and it's real wet and the ground is just saturated you can feel that root coming up you get the whole thing right see when you saturate your life and your mind with the word of God things get pulled up and you don't find yourself saying things and doing things that you shouldn't do but when, when, the, when it's not being saturated with the word and you're listening to the voice of the enemy and you're listening to voices saying certain things, trying to convince you of stuff about other people, then you won't love people. Then the people are the problem. Every time a person is the problem, you've got an issue. You've got to work out. It. Just, just do it. Just work it out. And whatever it takes, you know. It doesn't mean that you're working it out on their end. You're working it out from your end. Just work it out from your end, and whatever they do is between them and God. You can't make people change, but you can sure change your own heart. Amen? And we've got angels here working with us to accomplish this goal. And in Hebrews, it would be good for you just to read Hebrews 1 and, 1 and 2, the whole thing, but I just want to look at a couple of verses here. It says, Uh, verse 8, and to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands, and they will perish, but you remain. And they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up and they will, they will be changed and you are the same and your years will not fail. 
But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? To which of the angels did he say that? Huh? But who did he tell that to? Huh? To Jesus. And who did Jesus tell it to? Hmm? The church at Laodicea. Hmm? Now watch. Are they, see he didn't say this to the angels, what are the angels here for? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? I imagine, yippee-yay, we're not in this fight on our own. The angels are here to help us. Can you say amen? They are here to support us. They are a support and they will work only only on the commands of the Word of God. Nothing else. They will sit and do nothing and watch all kinds of horrible things happen if they're not commissioned and released by the Word of God. And now, in planet Earth, you and I are the feet and the hands and the eyes and the mouthpiece of God. And the Word that does not return void from Him now doesn't return void from us if we are overcoming and have applied the blood and believe that what we say is true and that these things are going to come to pass. We have the right to declare specific things. We have the right to release the angels to protect us and camp around about our homes, bear us up in their hands lest anything would come against us, no matter what it is. We have the right to do that. We have the right to release them. And if we won't release them and utilize them, then what happens is, the enemy, the devil, gets an upper hand because his demon forces work overtime to convince you that the angels won't work for you, that the word won't work for you, and that, that situations are overcoming you and overtaking you, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And everything I've told you today is absolutely contrary to what I just said. Devil's defeated. Jesus is Lord. We're sitting and with him at the right hand of the Father in all authority, dominion, and, and every name that is named. And to which of the angels did he ever say to sit at his right hand? No, but he said it to the church at Laodicea, which is the same church in Kerrville today. And, and not only at his right hand, but the devil under our feet. <laughs> huh? The enemy is a footstool under my feet today. Come on, someone shout amen. The devil is defeated. He is a defeated foe today. Can you say amen to that? He is an absolute defeated foe and has no authority over your life. Listen, no matter how you feel today, no matter how you feel, you are not alone. You are not alone. As I'm preaching this message today, I, I literally feel like, it's probably the glow of the lights, but I literally feel like I see angels. Because the more I talk about it, the more I'm aware of it. And see, are the angels really there? I'm asking you the question, are, are they really there? Then if they are, then they're here. You know, I mean, what are they doing? They're just, they're just in idle mode. You know how you're, tre like you tread water in a pool? You know, they're just treading wing, you know, treading their wings right now, you know. But, but, but see, I don't, I don't see it like that. I, I don't see them in, the, in that mode. They're with us. You have, you have an angel, a guardian angel, that's assigned to your life, but you have angels assigned to you, and especially more and more angels are assigned to you as you release them to work on your behalf. So they're with you. And, and they walk with you. My guy is here. And he doesn't let things happen to me that happen to other people. Right? They're here. They're with us. But we have to believe in it. And, and, and so as we apply the blood to situations and we are overcoming, we become more aware of what we have at our disposal. I'm telling you, you're not alone. You're not alone. It may seem like times when you're alone or you feel this way, you press into him. And you'll never be alone, I'm telling you, ever, ever.
I wasn't going to read this verse, but I'll read it and I'm done. For reals. John 10, 27 says, My sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches and to him who overcomes. Next week, we're going to talk about having that ear to hear and what hearing does to overcoming. Hearing is the key. Hearing the voice of the Spirit is the key to overcoming. But I gave you today the fruit and the results of overcoming and what that looks like and what you have an expectation for. And, and, and do you good to study Revelation 1 and 2 and just look at some of the instructions that he gave to the churches. And when some of the instruction that you need for yourself, you see it in that reading, receive it and, and allow the Holy Spirit to show you some things that need to be altered and changed in your own life. And it's amazing what can come out of that. Amen? To him who overcomes will all this be done. Who are they that overcome? But those who have faith in the fact that Jesus overcame and that his blood is more than enough. Heavenly Father, this morning, we thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your presence in the lives of each person here. For your presence in every home here. I thank you, Lord, today that you truly have given us this authority that belongs to nobody else on planet Earth but mankind. It didn't belong to the animals, the demons, the devil. All authority in heaven and earth belongs to mankind because Jesus gave it to the church. And Lord, we embrace it, we receive it, and we purpose to exercise that authority on the good of other people. To exercise it and pray for the good of other people. 